Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To Doc G Show, I am your host, Doc G, with me as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. Doc G, what's up, sir? Mmm. Just uh, enjoying some limonada. Ooh, uh, limonada. Yeah, little switch up, little switch up this week. Uh, just enjoying, although we don't have summer vibes going right now, it's rainy. But, you know, oh, trying to enjoy the summer vibes, you know? Uh, yeah. How you doing, Mike? You know me, Doc G. Eight and a half out of ten. Feeling pretty good. Feeling nice. pretty good. Nice. First and a half cup of coffee. You there know. you go. It's, uh, yeah, we're killing it. Do you feel accomplished? Hmm. Good question. Yes, I do. I feel well, accomplished. You should. Yeah. You should. You know why? anniversary big milestone this Ooh. week this week this week what is the exact day two years two years since you've been on this show mike yes two years being on the doc g show for mike everybody let's go yes. let's go that's right mike when you started the show i warned you you know i said mike don't let the fame <laughs> The fortune, the glory, don't let it go to your head. Worry about the show, and everything will take care of itself. And you know mm. what? It did. Somehow, you mm -hmm. managed. You managed the fame and glory, and I appreciate yes. that a lot. That's, yeah. That is amazing. Two appreciate years you ago. you me on the show, Doc G. Two years and running, Mike. It's a it's a big accomplishment, you know? It's, it's a yeah. very big accomplishment. Yeah, right? Time flies. It's crazy. Yeah, it does. It does. Especially in a podcast, you know? I feel like, uh, you know, podcasts have a short shelf life. There's a, you know, huge graveyard of five episode. Not you know, this one. This, nope. Not this not one. Not this no one. Mm -mm. Nope. No, it keeps, yeah. it keeps running, you know? And seriously, though, from me and the listeners, I want to thank you, Mike. I want to thank hey. you. Thank you. The, the thank last, you. The last 100 shows wouldn't have been possible without you. Wouldn't have yeah. been. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, and thank you, Doc G. It's always it's my favorite thing to do there every week. There listeners, thing. if you want to send Mike any gold signed memorabilia, mm -hmm. yeah, lacy undergarments, mm -hmm. I, I'll be uh, listing a P.O. box with this show. Just go ahead and send them that way, and yeah. all the treasure will be given to Mike. That's mm. what will happen. Two years, though. <laughs> Two years, Mike. You still got. You still got. Um, I think it's about a year and change to take over the longest co-hosting role on the show. Dave currently holds the longest co-host of the Doc G Show. Sweet. Uh, I last time I checked, I want to say it was like 150 episodes that he was at, somewhere around there. Mm. So you got about a year maybe to go, and then you cool. will be head. Head co-host of all time, but you're already that all right. in my heart, Mike. You're already that yeah. there. Uh, now, my, hey, D 
Doc J, I'm sorry. What's the uh, what's the exact day? I'm gonna. I know it was July, but do you know the exact day? Uh, I'm going to look uh, at the next break. I want to say. I want to say it might be like the 21st. Actually, I think so too. I think that's the 21st too. You know, so it actually technically could be next week. But like I saw, I saw it coming, and I was like, no, no, that counts. Celebrate the month. That counts. We're going for it. But Mm -hmm. Mike, since it's a very special show. It luckily coincides with an article that I saw that, yeah, I think's good for a special show. Okay. Okay. Word. And, uh, you know, I was doing my normal. I was cruising through looking for stories for the show, and uh, mm-hmm. I cruised through the old news outlet Complex, you know? Mm. Complex, they uh, they like to do a lot of music, do some sports, do some yeah. entertainment. Is that Echo? Is that the same company? You remember I don't know. Echo? I do remember Echo. E-C-K-O. I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't know if they merged they might have i know i know complex magazine i know complex is like a part of a conglomerate that's a lot of a lot of things that have been bought out um but mike i came across one of their articles i came across the top 30 best nba players ranked oh okay top 30 now, if you're not an NBA fan, I apologize for the next however long this takes. Just go ahead and fast forward. But what? as you already know, listeners, I am. And if you're not, you're just going to have to muck through this with us, all right? Just go <laughs> ahead and, and sludge through. But that being said, Mike, I saw this, and of course I was like, all right, I got I to gotta jump in. Mm-hmm. I got to see what this is about. And I looked at it, Mike, not surprising at all. I wasn't too much of a fan of their list. Wow. It wasn't bad. I'm not going to say it was bad. It just didn't get it done for me. You know? Mm -hmm. Nope. Now, that being said, Mike, I did have nine out of the ten same players in my top ten that they did. But only three were at the same number. Only three were at the same number that they had them at. So, listeners, before this show, I told Mike, Mike, Come up with your list of top 10 uh, basketball players. Let's do the top 10 basketball players. And uh, I want to I wanna do a go-ahead a reveal. We're going to see how much time we have. Uh, I'm going to go down from 10, listeners. Jeez. From 10. So, first off, uh, Complex's number 10 player, Steph Curry. That's right. Steph Curry, 10th all-time, Mike. Tenth all time. Now, what's your number ten? Okay, so I didn't do top ten players. I just did top ten my favorite players. <laughs> I don't get that. Oh, that's it. Okay. I don't care. Okay. That's a, we'll okay. take it. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so my number ten was Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> <laughs> Come I on, like man. it. He, he, Five uh, three. He, he deserves yeah. it. He deserves yeah, it. Teeny man out there, just getting yeah. it done. The most yeah. teeny man of all time. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. My number 10, Mike, Tim Duncan. So Tim mm. Duncan was my number 10. So true. Makes sense. Five championships, all-stars aplenty, right? Yeah. yeah number definitely. N- number nine for complex, Tim Duncan. What? There you go. Mm. There you okay. go. Uh, now, what's your number nine, Mike? On your Alan list Iverson. AI. That was yeah. number 30 on their list, Mike. Number okay. 30 was actually AI. Wow. He did not make my top 10, Mike. AI uh. did not make my top 10. My number uh my number 9, 
probably your number one, Shaq. Yeah. Sweet. Shaq, Shaq is my number nine player of all time. Uh, just a dominant force. Just oh, yeah. amazing, right? Big fella. Just amazing. Yeah. Now, number seven, or number eight, sorry, on their list, eight, Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt mm. Chamberlain. Now, I will, I will say uh, this, this area of the list, Mike, this top area of the top ten, it got real hard for me. There was a mm. log jam of like five to ten athletes that I could put anywhere between basically about eight and fifteen that I was just like, "That's a fact." I don't, I don't know, I don't know. So my number eight, not Wilt Chamberlain, Kobe. My number ah. eight was Kobe. Uh, fantastic, but there's just some things that you just, you know, the numbers came out, but some of the advanced analytics. He came out to look a little ball hoggish. No offense to him, but yeah. that's what happened, you know. And he only won in one MVP. I know, I know. Kobe fans don't like it, but that's what I'm going to say. That's yeah, what I'm say. it is yeah. what it is. It is what it is. Now the number seven, Mike. This is one that actually we. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't ask you what your eight was. What your what is your eight? Uh, probably not even top thirty, but Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford. Street baller. Yeah. Six man. Just pull a yeah. bucket out anytime you need He's it. Got out that of steez. That yeah. I sort of wish I was Jamal Crawford a lot of the times. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously, I mean, you know, making millions of dollars is nice. <laughs> yeah. But like uh, in, in a basketball court sense, because he always made it look so effortless. It yeah, was always just like, oh, should I score 30 points in this quarter? Okay, I will. And yeah. you just score 30 points. And you're like, damn, that's awesome. Right? Yeah. Pretty it. dope. Pretty dope. Yes. Uh, my uh, so complex is number seven. This is one that me and complex lined up together. Larry Bird, Larry oh, Legend, okay. Larry Legend. Now I almost put Larry higher on the list. I was very tempted. I was very tempted because um, he's just awesome. Uh, he won three yeah. consecutive MVPs, three in mm. a row. And during that time, he won two uh, two championships, too. Jeez. Two MVPs, two championships. Like, come on. And he was on the all-defensive team. And he won a three-point championship during that time. Like, dominance. Yeah. 84 to 86. Super to impressive. Magic Johnson and Kareem on the same team. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Well, now, see, so that goes into the next one. What's your seven, Mike? Uh, D Wade, D Wade. He was on the list. I want to say he was complex as like it's like nineteen twenty something, something like that. He was he was there though. But okay. D Wade was dominant, man. Yeah, he was. I mean, especially that that year, him and Shaq. Ooh, yeah. That was that was a good year right there, man. I actually, mm -hmm. fun fact, listeners. I went to a game that year, really in Miami. Mm hmm. Ah. Watched him play one of uh one of your other uh top lists there AI. Watched him play uh wow. watched him way uh, play the 76ers back in two thousand yeah six five That's whatever. Five. I think it was the I think it was the start of the season, so it was in five mm. that I saw him. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, my number six. So their number six, Mike Complex, Shaq, Shaq. Oh okay. Yeah. My number six, Magic. Now, that's one of the things that I don't get of their list, Mike. If you're going to put Larry seven, you got to have Magic six. 
If you put magic somewhere else, Larry's got to be right beside. I don't care which yeah. one you put first, but you're not going to put one of them like five <clears throat> people in front of the other. They're way too close as far as what they did, how good they were, and just they're always going to be next to each other. So it does not yeah. make sense to have them separated by three three places. Yeah, they even mm-hmm. played in college like against each other. Like they were rivals all the way through. That that's right. Uh, well, yeah. not all the way through, but the last no? year. Okay. Last year, yeah, they they met up in the finals there that that last year. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, it's just you got to have magic beside Larry. You mm-hmm. just got to. Agreed. Uh, so then you're number uh, six, Mike. Rondo. <laughs> Rondo. I do love me some Rondo, man. Yeah. Huge hands. Rondo's oh, got okay. enormous hands. He's got oh, like way bigger than his, you know, than his height and whatnot. Just hmm. enormous claws, sort of, sort of like Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Uh, my. Uh, so they're number five, Mike. They're number five, Kobe. Kobe was five, which yeah, yeah. I I can't put Kobe in in front of in especially in front of Magic and Larry. You're not doing that, or in front yeah. of uh, Larry. You're not doing that, right? My number five, Wilt Chamberlain. Hmm. Wilt Chamberlain. So I mean, just dominant. Like if you want to see all out dominant performance, that's it. Um, now, uh, what's your number five, Mike? Jason Williams. <laughs> Oh just, yeah, these are my t- my favorite uh, NBA players. You know, so, white chocolate. Yeah, Jason yeah, that guy was awesome. I watched Woo! the like highlight reel from him a couple days ago. Man, his passes were incredible. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. You go go back and why? I mean, he was the Street modern. Baller. Well, not modern day because it's now like fifteen <clears throat> years ago. But he was that day's Pistol Pete. Like he was yeah. just doing things you had never seen. I mean, the pass behind his back hit off the elbow. Like, that's yeah. one of the most insane what? things. With the look away, I'm going to throw it behind my back. You think I'm going to the right. I'm going to hit it with my right elbow so that it goes back to the left, and I'm going to look over to the right when I do it. <laughs> like, it's just, I mean, yeah. And he made it just look so smooth, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, even did. his normal passes were awesome because of the flair that he put on the normal pass. Like mm-hmm. there were so many look away passes when he was on the Kings to to uh Chris Webber that he'd just do a one-handed sling down uh down in the paint that you were yeah, like it was incredible. That was awesome. Did you yeah. just see that? Oh my god, <laughs> that was crazy. Like he was dope. He was dope. Yeah. Uh mine uh, uh so number 4. Number 4 on the list. Uh their number 4 Magic. So there's that split, right? They've got yeah. Kobe and Shaq in between Magic and Larry. Doesn't make mm. sense to me. Yeah. Don't do that. I, I, I'll Okay, if you want to put Kobe and Shaq before both of them, do it. But don't put it in front of one of them and not the other. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My number four, LeBron. That's okay. uh, the number four. So go ahead, listeners. Think of who's going to be in front of LeBron. And I'll say this as far as their list of LeBron, Mike, when they put uh, their description of LeBron, uh, it had 105 more words than Michael Jordan's uh, description. Unnecessary. Blam. <laughs> uh, anyways, Mike, what's your number four? Uh, my top four favorite basketball player, Nate Robinson. Woo! Uh, 
jumping ability. Guy. Yeah, blocked Yao Ming. I mean, come on. Like this is this is an NBA highlight. <laughs> Vertical <laughs> over fifty inches, Mike. Yeah, over f- guys, incredible. think about that. Stand there beside you. Jump four feet in the air, just standing beside you. That is a superhero power. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, he's a... Uh, Number three on their list, Kareem. Mmm. It's another one that lines up with my list, Mike. That's my number three, the captain. And guess what? Kareem. It lines up with my list, too. Kareem. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's insane. Wow. We had three for three, everybody. Man. Kareem, just so dominant, man. So especially so, the Bucks version, especially the Milwaukee oh, Bucks Kareem. Like you could woo. just not stop that guy. And his no fro was phenomenal at that time. Yeah. You know, he started going it a little was. bald when he was on the Lakers. You feel bad for him, or at least I did. I was like, dang it. <laughs> but you know, he was famous and had millions of dollars, so that's nice. That yeah. that adds to it. Uh, Mike, number two on their list, LeBron. Number two was LeBron. Uh, My number two, as I told you last year around this time, because sadly he passed away around this time, Bill Russell. That's a fact. Bill Mm. Russell, my number two. I mean, the greatest winner of all time, Mike. I'm sorry. You just can't can't not account for that. 11 Mm -hmm. championships, 5 MVPs, 12 All-Stars, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, defender of all time. Bill Russell. Yeah. You're number yeah, two. Was... I'm guessing Michael Jordan. Yes, it is. Michael there Jordan. There it is. For sure. There it for is. For sure. Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, Mike, number one on their list, number one on my list, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Uh, it, it, and, 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 and I will say, in their description, Mike, it pretty much went the way it should. It was like, this doesn't really need any description to know why he's the best. He's the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's true. It's true. Yeah, but you're number one. Shaquille O'Neal. Shack attack, everybody. (laughs) The Shack attack is back, and I got to be honest. For the period of time, especially when you look from like '95 to 2000, especially as far as big men, Mm -hmm. nobody more dominant. And and for like and and as far as like the last like. Like two years, the first couple of years that he was at the Lakers after Jordan retired, 99-2000, no one's coming close to stopping that dude. No one. Whenever he wanted to turn it on, he turned it on, and you were screwed. Mm -hmm. You were absolutely screwed. Yeah. But, Mike, that is top 10. I'm glad we could get through it. I'm glad mm-hmm. we could get through it. I, it took a while. I'm sorry, listeners. For the listeners that wanted to hear shenanigans and hijinks, <laughs> don't worry. We're back to them. We're back to them. And I've got another list, Mike. I just wanted to tell you before uh, we start, I've got another list. I just uh, I just ranked my uh, best co-host, uh, and you're number one. Hey, thank you, Doc G. Are you ready to fire this show up? Let's fire up this show, Doc G. Bye. Up and burning. Two, one, 
Zero and lift off. Woo! Mike, don't tell uh, Justin, Dave, Jake, Claude, Demarcus, <laughs> Jeff, or Andy. Uh, luckily, none of our former co-hosts listened to the show when they were on it or uh, now that they're off of it. So I don't think they'll ever hear it. We'll be fine. Um, Mike, we have a fantastic show today. Yeah. We have... A great guest, Josh Campbell from the fantastic band Dark Below, straight out of Columbia, Missouri. Got a uh, new single, just hit the streets, hot in these streets. Uh, Make Believe would be the name there. Can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be good. But first, we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Birthday suit, and again, once again, listeners, I have failed you. I did not get Mike's uh, record right now. I will go during the break and find out what his record of uh, of listens is. But Mike, I think you can get this one from the get-go. I'm going to give right. you just a couple of clues, not the elongated description first. We're going to see if we can knock it out. He wears short shorts. He sweats to the oldies doing aerobics. Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons yes. is correct. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Sweating wow. to the oldies, man. There it is. Richard said, how old do you think Richard is? Like 82. Mm. Well, you're just thinking he looks so good for his age because of his fitness. He's not that old, Mike. 75. Uh-huh. 75. 75. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, born on July 12th, 1948. Where do you think he was born? Hmm. Pennsylvania. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that Cajun Cajun flair in him, man. (laughs) Cajun flair for Richard Simmons. Uh, Not surprisingly, Mike, he struggled with his weight growing up. Uh, he got all the way to the point that he was 268 pounds, and you know he's a wow. he's a, a fairly short fella, so yeah, it's it pretty high. After college, he decided to move to LA. He changed his habits, Mike. He got into fitness, started loving you fitness. He uh, got an exercise studio called the Anatomy Asylum, and it promoted a positive attitude and a support group for those looking to exercise and lose weight. In the, the process, first plan of fitness. Sorry. Basically, basically, uh, he lost about 125 pounds, Mike. 125 pounds. As his success grew, he started appearing on news shows, specials, and eventually releasing aerobics videos. The most notable of all, Sweatin' to the Oldies. Which he had five Sweatin' to the Oldies videos. And then, of course, also Tonin' to the Oldies. Don't forget Mm. Tonin' to the Oldies. But yeah, man, Richard Simmons. And you know what? Richard Simmons, I'll give him this, man. That positivity is awesome. You know? Oh, yeah, it is. I you, I, I, uh, I make fun of Richard Simmons, and I have been known to make fun of Richard Simmons for the last, like, 20 years of my life for his goofiness. But on top of that, on his goofiness, it's a relentless positivity, and that is fantastic. Yeah, is. You know? Um, and yeah. you got a lot of people to work out, Mike. He got a lot of yeah, people to work out, you know? Well, I, I mean, yeah, I'm assuming he did. <laughs> Very oh, yeah. popular guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to love, too, when he would go on David Letterman. Uh, him him and Dave's interactions were fantastic. Oh, yeah, F he killed it on that show. F- 
Fantastic, man. Turned yeah. in 75. I do hope everything is okay. Uh, he released another sort of cryptic statement that he was completely fine a little while ago. And you're like, are you, though? Hmm. Nobody's really seen you or heard from you for a very long time, Richard. Uh, yeah. But regardless, he says he's fine. So let's go ahead and say he's fine and uh, turn in the big 7-5, Mike. So mm-hmm. happy birthday to R.S., Mr. Simmons. Yes. There we go. Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. What do we got? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, uh, this just in from Complex as well. This was, I think, like right below the old top 30 there. I saw the next mm. headline. But uh, here, I worked hard to get this one. Um, <laughs> headline, quote, Tom Cruise dreamed of throwing a train off a cliff as a kid word so he did it in mission impossible 7 i don't know mike did you dream of throwing a, a train off of a cliff nope no i wasn't a fan of trains that's a fan i mean you know kind of boring you can be a fan of a train without wanting to throw it off the cliff like yeah seems like some kind of stuff you might need to Talk with a guidance counselor about if that's coming up, you know? Like, you know, we didn't have any cliffs in Florida either, so I didn't well, even really true. know what a cliff was. That's true. <laughs> didn't have the imagination <laughs> to think about it. What? Nah. So you're nah. saying different height. And you'd fall. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, that's weird. I need to think. So, like a building. You're saying a train on top of a building that, okay, I gotcha. Um, yeah, but he said, quote, as a kid, I played with trains. Uh, and uh, the producer played with trains. We always wanted to throw a train off a cliff or blow it up. So to be able to uh, have that opportunity to do that, it was just you know it was it was great. It was great to do. It was quite spectacular. Hmm. I don't know, Tom. I just I mean you know, I think I might have picked up a train once or twice, but I never just thought about destroying it. You sick perv. Mm-mm. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> Come on. Tom's a bit crazy, though. We know this. Yeah, he is. We know. We know. Mike, this was big news. Did you see this? Um, Britney Spears. Did you see the news about uh, Britney Spears? Yeah, the Wimby thing. Britney Spears, listeners, if you did not know, got knocked to the ground by one of Victor Winbinyama's security detail. Say what? Did you see the video, Mike? Yes, and it was a little... Not so much knocked to the ground. <laughs> I got apparently, I got, yeah. Well, she she hit herself, right? Yeah. So if it's it's a little blurry, it's hard to see. Yeah. But if you watch it, you try to slow it down. It does look like the security guard. She goes first of all. She's sort of picked up that weird thing. Like I think she's still like sort of trying to be have an English accent. Like I don't know if you heard her voice, but it sort of sounded like she was like, "Ah, oh, sir, sir." And I was just like, huh? You're Britney Spears. You're from Mississippi. Yeah. Talk the way you normally talk. Anyways, she tapped, uh, she tried to get his attention and she tapped him on, like, basically the waist because he's Mm -hmm. a giant. So she's not tapping him (laughs) on the shoulder. But as she taps him on the waist, the security guard just throws his arm back. (sighs) And her hand is still sort of in the tapping motion. So when he throws that hand back, it looks like 
her hand comes towards her own face. Now, I think there was some contact of both, like a contact of his hand and her hand hitting her. Yeah. But re- regardless, Mike, the damage was done. She mm-hmm. did basically get uh, thrown to the side, and Wimbanyama didn't even look back. <laughs> there no, was, he didn't. There was no look. There was no notice. There was no acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, Mike, after this, I just I wanted to jump into a time machine. You know, like I wanted to jump into a time machine, head back to like 2004 and be like, Brittany, listen, you're 23 right now. You're the queen of music. Everybody wants a piece of you. Soak it up. Mm-hmm. Take it all in because trust me, in 19 years, you'll be getting slapped away from a 19-year-old <laughs> basketball player that doesn't even care or know who you are. So <laughs> I'll add ju- to that, Doc G, and also fire your dad. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and get that out of the way too. Get that that's, guy out of there. <laughs> I, I can tell you as a time traveler, that's going to be a downer in a few years. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, I, I just, also, Mike, I mean, this is a little bit weird, but, like, I gotta ask, like, is Britney Spears a huge fan of ballin'? Hmm. Like, why the hell is she there, you know? Like, yeah. does she just go to Summer League every year scouting out the young prospects? Like, oh, my God. Can you believe the Pacers, the improvement that they've had? Their defense is gonna be stacked this year, all right? <laughs> Write that down. Like, why? Why is she there? That's weird. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. She doesn't have a residency here anymore. No, she quit. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe she just was like, she liked. She didn't like the residency, but she liked Vegas. So she's like, I'm just hanging. Just I mean, hang. I get that. You know, Doctor, I get it. You get but it. There are some think, things. Do you think that it had anything to do with his first game? Do you think that that all that controversy? Kind of, because he didn't Being have a great horrible? first. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have a great first. Well, uh, yeah, I don't want to say game. horrible, just not playing yeah. to what people thought he was going to yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch, you know that that was one of those things. Everybody, well, not everybody, but uh, friends of mine know I'm not a huge <clears throat> believer that Wimbenyama is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. The amazing reason, the main reason that is, is I just don't think that the health is going to be able to stay great for his whole career because he's so tall. And when you yeah. have somebody that tall to stay healthy, it's basically an impossibility. There's always mm. going to be injuries. So I'm just like, yeah. to be consistent for long enough, to be amazing for long enough, I just don't see it happening. But I was definitely not on the train of after that first game being like, see, see, he sucks. <laughs> I knew it. I knew yeah. it. I'm like, it's one game in summer yeah, league. Yeah. Oh, and For yet sure. there were all kinds of articles and everything being like, oh, he's horrible. And you're like, yeah, he's got the pressure of the world on him. He's got Britney Spears grabbing onto him. And then a bunch <laughs> of everybody else being like, hey, why'd you knock the crap out of Britney Spears? And he's like, what? Who? What? I didn't touch her. Who are we talking about? When did that happen? Like, it's crazy, Mike. It's yeah, crazy. It is. Anyways, he did a lot better. Did a lot better in the second game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Mike, uh, so before we go to break here, got a story out of Africa. This was actually really cool. Uh, there was a recent viral picture of a pride of 20 lions hmm. all drinking in a row 
from a small stream. Sweet. They just lined up one by one, and you had just 20. Like, they're sitting at the at the bar getting mm. their brews together, just all taking a drink. And the, uh, you know, it's very rare to see this, especially in that, that you know, that sort of style. And the guy that yeah. took the picture uh, who was on a safari said, quote, the lion came down the ridge and started drinking right in front of us. Suddenly, another lion popped out, and another, and another. This was the Kambala uh, lion pride that we had found. It was all so perfect in the end. 20 lions lined up perfectly in front of us. And it was pretty wild, Mike. Like I said, it oh, was I'm like... Checking this out now, yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. They're just all sitting there. And all, like, <clears throat> all I could do, Mike, all I could think of, though... Was just if if a gazelle so sadly happened to walk oh, wow. upon that walk upon that scene, if a gazelle like cruises up Ugh. around a bush and is just like, oh, hey, hey, fellas, uh, wrong wrong stream. I'm just oh. gonna go ahead and back <laughs> out of this. You guys just continue on drinking. Just imagine I'm not here, like. <laughs> Yikes! That is a frightening. Th- I mean, you know, if I was on that on that safari, I'd be a little bit frightened. Like, for sure. What if these guys just decide, hey, we should f- those humans over there? Like, you know, yeah. like now, being the guy from Florida, I'm like, those lions need to watch that water closely. Crocodilians. You got, 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 we got to <laughs> watch. Although I, you know, those are some great videos, Mike. Watching the showdowns between the oh, two when gosh. that happens sometimes. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a gnarly scene. Oh, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> that's a pretty. That was a pretty small stream. I don't know how many crocodiles would yeah, be in yeah, there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. For but sure. regardless, regardless, Mike, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna try to avoid the lions. We will be right back after we hear "Dark Below" with. Tints right here on the Doc G Show.
are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville of Florida. Mike, what do listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever they get their podcasts. Hey, we're on Spotify now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a cost-effective way to support the show. And mm-hmm. if the listeners are feeling extra generous, they should leave us a five-star review. We love mm. we love five stars. We also a- love comments. Amen, yeah. Mike. Yes. I-, I think uh, it would help us out a lot if uh, Kyle from Matchbox 20 would uh, continue to promote our show every week, even though he's not on it. That would be yeah. nice if he could Thank you, Kyle, <laughs> by the way. Awesome, awesome guy. Fantastic guy. I do want to give him a shout-out regardless. Shout I know out. he's probably not listening. He's a busy man. He's got shows to do and everything. On tour. Crushing but, it. you know, I want to give him a shout-out because he, uh, he, he, he uh, invited me to the show here in Jacksonville, right? And I said, awesome. And then uh, I figured he wouldn't come through, you know? that's the, Listeners, if you don't know, that's what usually happens with folks on the show. I don't really fault them too much. I know they're busy. I know they're not thinking about this show, so it doesn't really matter. You know, but mm-hmm. they'll, they'll come on for an interview, and they'll be like, you got to come to the show. I'll put you on the list. I'll send you the details. And then I never hear anything, nope. and I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not expecting handouts, listeners, nope. you know? But Kyle... After we interview, he's like, dude, you got to come to the show, man. We got to hang. And I was like, all right, cool. And in my head, I said, yeah, he's never going to text me back. That's fine. I don't care. And lo and behold, day of the show, Kyle texts me. And he's like, he's like, I've got horrible news, dude. They said, I don't have a pass for you. I can't get you into the show. And I was like, you know, I was blown away, listeners. I was blown away because I was like, he actually remembered to check. And he actually texted me back. Jeez. I didn't care that I couldn't go to the show. I was just like, wow, okay, awesome, man. Thanks for acknowledging my existence. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know? And uh, so, I, and he was like, dude, I'll let you know if anything changes. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Let me know. And I didn't think anything would change, you know? So, like, I went, I went about my day. I didn't hear anything. And then I went to a meeting that was an optional meeting later that night because I hadn't heard anything. And he texts me like 30 minutes before they go on uh, the uh, on stage. And he's like, dude, I got you in. Plus one. You're on the list. Go ahead. Come on down. And I was like, oh, oh I can't, man. Oh, crap. So... I ended up missing it. I feel I felt horrible too. I felt really horrible because he he put so much effort into it. Yeah, like he actually then went back and checked, oh, and I was awesome. just like, and I sent him a mess. I I texted back. I was like, dude, if I would have known that you could have got it open that late, I wouldn't have gone to this meeting. I wouldn't be here right now, man. And so I apologize, but I just want to give him a shout out for that much work. I mean, that's why, that's why, that's one of the, you know, obviously talent too is a big factor, but that's one of the reasons why they're such a popular band, Mike. Yeah. It's, 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 it's niceness like that. Mm-hmm. It's personality like that. Shout out to Kyle. Fantastic dude. I hope when they're back, uh, maybe when I'm in, in, in Nashville, we can hang. Maybe, yeah. maybe when I go oh, through Nashville. Oh, for sure. You're best friends now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're best yeah, friends. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, <laughs> Jackson. Hey, Kyle. Let's hang. Who is this? What? Oh, <laughs> Uh, he got rid of my number. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Mike, we need to shout out to just as important as Kyle, the regular listeners, the five yes. stars. Yes. So here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Boynton, Virginia. There hey. we go. Newbie on the list, Mike. Newbie on the block. That's right. Boynton of Virginia. Now, I promised to the Boynton listeners that I would uh, that I would uh, do some do some uh, research. I didn't. I'm sorry. Girl, come on. I'm sorry. I failed you, everyone. I failed the listeners. But don't worry. I'm going to do a deep dive. I don't know how deep. It might just be like a couple minutes, Mike. But I'm going to do a little okay. bit of a deep dive next week. I will let you know all the great things that Boynton has to offer this world. And we were all, we'll all be up to date on the amazingness of Boynton, Virginia. Shout out to Boynton. And Chicago, Boynton. Chicago, we did not forget about you. We always, in our hearts, you are the home of the J-Chips. Okay? Oh, yeah. You will always be the home of the J-Chips. Just know, by default, if we say Chicago, Illinois, in your head, you should be saying, home of the J-Chips. Yes. That should be going in your head every so single delicious. time. Oh, so delicious. So delicious. So delicious. Love the J-Chips. Um, Mike, we need to thank the four-star listeners, the semi-regulars. Got some interesting ones. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Elizabeth, New Jersey. Shout out to San Antonio, Texas. I'm going to say not Wimbenyama Popovich. That's who was mm. listening. He was yes. drinking a glass of wine, pontificating what we were talking about, Mike, because we're so highbrow. He oh, actually, yeah. he wrote his list really quick with us as far as top 10 earlier. He mm -hmm. was like, uh, and he's very offended that we did not have David Robinson in our top 10. Mm. Uh he wanted both David Robinson and Tim Duncan. I made all of this up, listeners. <laughs> Amazing, right? The power of a, of a, of creativity. Mm. Uh, Northville. He could be listening. You never know. Right. He could be. You know, that's the beauty of podcasts, too. You never know who's listening. You never know. Sometimes I, ju I, sometimes I just love to imagine, Mike. That is. I just like, I like love to imagine that, like, <clears throat> Tom Hanks just randomly is like, like, oh, uh, uh, the Doc G Show. Hmm. and just listens and like, oh, that sucks, and takes it off. But for five <laughs> minutes, he was listening to it, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> and that was crazy, right? Anyway, anyways, uh, where do we leave off? Northville, Michigan, Lipson, Portugal, uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Norwood, Massachusetts, Hoffman, New Jersey, Dunlap, Tennessee, Folsom, California, the very same Folsom listeners. If you're thinking Folsom Prison, Johnny Cash, that's it. Clearwater, Florida. Uh, I left the F out on my notes on Clearwater. So on my notes, it's Clearwater, Lorda. <laughs> for, a se for a second, I saw it and I got concerned. I was like, I don't know how to pronounce that country. Oh, that's Florida. Okay. Lorida. Las Vegas, Nevada, 
Adelaide, Australia, Piedmont, South Carolina, Garland, Texas. Good friend of mine, Kenny Garland. That's that's his place. Garland, Texas. Shout out, Kenny. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Shout out, Dayton, Ohio. And lastly, Mountain View, California. Shout out to all of them, Mike. Shout, Shout out. out. Um, Mike, <clears throat> one quick story. Well, not so quick, but I found this one very interesting. It's a, it's a semi-local piece, uh, and it's a banger. Here's the headline. Quote, I thought he was dead. Wife reconnects with cold case murder subject after his arrest. Hmm. That's that's the headline, confused. Mike. A little confused, yeah. Doctor A. A little confused. Yeah. Now, if you're now if you're like, huh? Sounds like that title is saying a lady married a murderer, lost connection with him, and then reconnected after he was arrested for said murder. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. So I wasn't that, confused. Nope. That's what <laughs> happened in this story, Mike. That is what oh, happened. Oh, my gosh. Don Santini married Marla in 1980. Marla, that's a good name that's not used enough, you know? Hmm. We need more Marlas in this world. Marla. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard-loving woman right there, Marla. You mm -hmm. know? It's a lady that can bring home the bacon right there, Marla. Work. She's getting stuff done. Yes. Anyways, they uh, they got married, Mike, in 1980. They had a baby in 1981. And then in 1983, uh, Don just uh, vanished. Hmm. He just left. Uh, no note. No, I'll see you later. No anything. Just gone. Right? Hmm. She just never saw him again in Houston. That's where he vanished. Right? And uh, 40 years later, one of Marla's daughters, not the one that he, uh, she had with Don, another daughter, was watching a news report and was like, uh, isn't that mom's old husband that just vanished 40 years ago? He's, uh, he's being arrested for murder. Word. That's, uh, that's him, right? And sure enough, it was. Don was being arrested for murder. And, um... Uh, apparently, Don, after he left Marla, uh, killed a lady in 1984. And hmm. uh, not some kind of... He strangled a lady in 1984. Oh, man. Uh, allegedly. You know, he still hasn't actually gone through trial. So, allegedly. And uh, he wasn't caught for the crime until uh, just this year. Now, this is where the story gets insane, Mike. Uh, Marla was like, huh, that happened. Well... I best I guess I better go chat with him. <laughs> so she, she set up a phone a video phone call, a video call with Don. Hmm. With Don. And she does a video call with him, right? And at first she does a video call with him. She calls him up and Don gets to the video screen and he's like, uh, "Hi." And she's like, "Hey." And he's like, "I'm sorry." Um should I know you? And she's like, uh, yeah, we were married. And he's like, oh, hey, Marla, how's it going? Right? Didn't even realize who it was. Didn't know who it wow. was. Didn't remember. Uh, now, uh, Marla says they talked six different times. They had video calls six different times since he's been arrested. And she said, quote, it was surprisingly pleasant. Word. Now, even more surprisingly to me, Mike, 
She said she didn't feel the need to ask him about allegedly murdering someone. <clears throat> that never came up in the six times they talked. But she did ask him a question that she said had really been irking her. Here's her question, Mike. She said, quote, I'm just like, what did I do? Did I do something something for you to leave? And she, he said, no, Marla. It was all the demons and stuff. End quote. Hmm. Marla wanted to know why an alleged murderer left her. <laughs> <laughs> she needed that closure. You're like, well, like, and I mean, I love how he's like, oh, no, it's all the demons and stuff. Uh, you know, Marla, it was, uh, I was murdering someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if anything, Mike, I mean, again, I would be like, thanks for leaving me and not murdering me. I appreciate, like, what? Like, I feel like Marla needs a goodwill hunting moment with a therapist that lets her know it's not her fault. It's not your fault, Marla. No, no, no it's not your fault. Like, wasn't you? Just come uh, on, Marla. Jesus, I'm a murderer, and I didn't think you. Yeah, had you might want with me. <laughs> you might not want to get caught up in that. I had some other things to do. Like, it's crazy, man. I don't know about you, Mike, but uh, I would feel no need to set up that uh, video call. Nope. Just, uh, I don't know about you. Would you do that? You, I don't know, Doctor. I'm very weird and curious, and I, I might. I don't know, but I, hey, I'm weird and curious. I want to know. I want to know why Tesla doesn't like pearls, but I don't need to know why a murderer left me. I'm good on that yeah. one. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. maybe you want to just stay in the shadows. I don't want to. I don't want to U-turn back down that road. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that mm -mm. is yeah, smart. That's smart, Dr. G. That's why you have the PhD, and that's why I have an associate's degree. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that. No, 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 no. We both have deductive reasoning, Mike. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than the fantastic Josh Campbell from Dark Below right here on the Doc G Show. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very happy to be welcoming Josh Campbell, lead singer and guitar player for Dark Below. They just released a new single about two weeks ago, Make Believe. Josh, how are you, sir? Doing great, man. How are you? Doing good, man. Let's uh, let's take the let's take the listeners back. Uh, you know, been doing my research. Went back, looked in the uh, the old uh, interviews there. 
And I noticed in a bunch of your old interviews, they, they would ask you, you know, who your biggest musical inspirations are. And like, even when they asked for artists, you would usually list your dad. So, sounds like music was a, was a big part of his life. Oh yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I got introduced to rock music from a young age, even though I'm, I'm from a, like a very small rural area where it's like pretty much all country. Mm-hmm. My dad was a rock. So I was raised on that. And uh, yeah, I just came by it uh, pretty naturally from him. And then when I was like 11 or so, he got me my first guitar and away I went. But uh, yeah, dude, it, it all started with my dad. How, how, how jazzed was he that you actually like took to the guitar like uh, i mean has he was he behind like yes yes oh yeah dude he was he was all about it <laughs> he was uh i was fortunate because you know he was he was the kind of dad that uh he was never uh you know he never withheld his praise from me you know telling me how proud he was of me of, of that kind of thing so fortunate to have had that so got a lot of support from my dad and uh yeah it meant a lot to me now now uh, I, I'm guessing a little. What was he a little envious? I mean, because you, you said he never played music himself. Like, was he once you actually started playing guitar? Was he like, should have learned how to play? I should have learned. There was actually one point. So he didn't play guitar, but he liked to like. He had a couple that he had bought just to, like have around his house because mm-hmm. he liked to just hang them up. They look cool, and then I could play them if I was over there. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, there was one time where he was like, "Man, why don't you try showing me a little something on the guitar?" And I know he he messed around with it for a little bit, but you know it just wasn't his thing. So he he had fun just watching me play. Well, now, I, I've heard you mention uh, you guys rocked out uh, uh, growing up. Silver Chair Frog Stomp that was like a, a big album that you guys rocked on. Uh, but was like, oh, yeah. was he a? Was it was it all genres? Did you celebrate all genres as far as rock? Like, did you go? I mean, was it from like Aerosmith to Zeppelin, A to Z, or? Uh... Yeah, I mean, he was you know obviously older. He grew up in you know in the seventies, so he loved Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith and all those bands. But he wasn't uh, he wasn't like the type that got stuck in that era that he grew up in. He he liked the newer stuff too. Like he didn't he wasn't as into like the heavier modern stuff, but. Like, he was really into the 90s stuff, too. Like, nice. we liked that Silver Chair. We loved them. Uh, I, I think the first CD I can ever remember us getting, like, I can remember my mom getting it, was uh, it was a Collective Soul CD, the like the blue one that had, like, yeah. uh, December. That on it. And, oh, man, it was it was a great one. So, yeah, there was always a lot of rock in the house. What was the name of that album? Was it? I, I, I'm trying to think. I, it, I, might be, it might be. It the, might have just been yeah it was it, I didn't had I remember it had gel it had December that was it was a good one I mean my my favorite yeah. my favorite of theirs is hints and allegations uh the the first album there with shine on it that's just yeah dude that's just such an awesome song that I remember I remember my dad talking about the song shine in particular because he remember telling me it was like 1994 I think is when that came mm-hmm. out and he was like man I work out of town and it you know, it was a bummer being away from you and everything, but he was like, I used to hear this song, Shine. He was like, it was new, and man, what a great song. Oh, yeah. yeah it was. Oh, uh, it's, so, it's so good. That actually, I remember uh, me and my my grandma 
who my grandma at the time was like 82. Her rule, her rule was always if as long as she can understand the lyrics. Didn't matter what the lyrics were, as long as she could understand them, she'd play it in her car. So I just remember me and my brother got that tape of of Shine and just oh man, jamming on that nonstop with 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 grandma. Loved it. Loved it. Sounds like an awesome grandma. Oh, shoot. Mm, the best. Meemaw was the best. Now, uh, I feel like with your dad, um, you know, I was thinking about this because, you know, me and my dad, we we go to uh, the record store and my dad, my dad started getting back into like buying albums uh, when like I, I was in high school. And I don't know if your dad was like this, but he was a, he was an album player like you get the whole you know he'd put, get the cd and just go all the way through there was no skipping that's 100 percent accurate and i was not like that because i had my songs that i would want to listen to but he'd want to listen to the whole thing yeah that's exactly the same for me yeah yeah, yeah. i can i can remember like what we would do every now and then that was back when there were still like uh you know like sam goody and stuff mm-hmm. like that like mm-hmm. those cd places buy cds and i can remember going there with him and, you know, browsing CDs and stuff. And mm-hmm. always, you know, we'd get a couple and we'd listen to them on the way back. And But, uh, yeah, Dad always wanted to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> it's just, you got you got to own it, man. That's what he all, you know, he put it in there. And it's just like, huh, I don't know this song. You wanna, you're want you going to keep <laughs> listening to it. Okay. All right. We're going to, all right, let's go through it. Uh, now, I, I hear as far as, as music... Uh, and I, and I, I hear this in your guys' music now a lot, but uh, I heard sort of a pivotal moment for you was seeing Chevelle in concert uh, at the Blue Note. Yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that uh, concert. So I was, uh, I was going to Mizzou at the time. I was a freshman, and my buddy Jesse that I'd gone to high school with, he was going there too. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the guys that likes rock, and he played guitar and stuff. And he's like, dude, you want to go to a concert? Like, well, who is it? And said, Chevelle. I'm like, like, I knew, like, the Red and, you know, some of the bigger hits, and I liked them, but I wasn't, like, really into them or anything. And then I was like, yeah, sure. So we went to the show, and, man, it was it was just so awesome. And uh, I was actually thinking about that, that question because I've been asked about them before, and there was something else about that that I remembered that was pretty cool was – this was like 2007. So back then when you'd hear stuff on the radio, if they didn't tell you, you know, like who it was and the title of the song, it might not be as easy to figure it out. And at the time there was this song that I'd been hearing on the radio. I mean, I'd heard it several times and I really liked it, but I didn't know who it was or anything. And that night when we were watching them, it was them. And it was the song, I get it. Nice. And I, I've always loved that song, but it was just like, it was so wild. It's like, holy that's a song that <laughs> that I've been listening to, wondering who it is. That but it it definitely had a big influence on me because it just seeing them and it just made me feel like not that you know I'm gonna make a band as good as those guys, but just like man, this is this could be done. I just gotta I just gotta get some other people who believe in it too. I will say it it definitely comes through in your music. I hear it. I mean, in a, in a good way. I hear. The Chevelle is there for sure as far as that influence. I mean, do you intentionally, would you say, I, I don't think you intentionally, You it just sort of seeps through as far as much of a band that, or as much of a fan that you are of the band, right? 
Yeah, I, I don't like set out to sound like them or anything. I think it's just they've they've been a huge influence on me, and it just it just kind of comes through naturally. Nice, nice. Well, I also heard you talking about um, as far as sort of influences, whatnot. Another time that you were talking about uh, going to see, uh, you saw Mark Tremonti, but you saw him in a a bar playing pinball there. Uh, you, and you introduced yourself. I got. I got to hear the breakdown of of introducing yourself to Mark. Well, I mean that that was pretty anticlimactic. It was just like, <laughs> hey man, nice to shake his hand. That wasn't much, but it was. Yeah, we had seen his band because another band that we played with was opening for him, mm-hmm. and they asked us, like, hey, you want to guys want to go get drinks? And we did. And when we walked in, he was just there playing pinball. But now he was a super nice guy, just really down to earth. And uh, our drummer actually later that night wound up on its tour bus with all of them and he said he's like yeah he's like i went with the guys in this other band they were low water is what this band was called and they were like yeah come on man and just as soon as i walked on the bus they were like who the f- is that guy get him out of here they're like no no man it's cool he, he, he's cool so he got this day but yeah it was, it was pretty wild sounds sounds like lemmy from motorhead i know there were all those stories you know of lemmy he used to just set in uh can't remember if it was the Rainbow Room. I think it was the Rainbow Room on Sunset Strip, and he would just sit there with a a, um, a Crown and Coke and play their their machine like there. I forget what like game it was, but some game on the bar all like all day. Just like people would be walking by, and they're like, "Yeah, it's Lemmy. That's what he does." Just like just you like walk in, you're like, "Is that is that the dude from Creed?" Yeah, that's him. That's him right there. That's that's him. Did we just see him play? We did just see him play. All right. Let me go say hey to him. Try it out. Uh, yeah, man. It was cool. Mostly because it's just like, it was a dive bar too, man. It wasn't like a nice place or anything. It was just like not what you'd expect. Yeah, not yeah, not worried. Not worried. He's got a low profile. Uh, well, before I move on from uh, music inspiration, I did hear you were you were doing a, uh interview and uh, it caught my ear. Uh, you were talking about grooving on all types of music, and you you said, yeah, just the other day we were we were jamming on some Huey Lewis in the news, and uh, I gotta say, here at the Doc G Show, we fully support that. Uh, what what were you jamming on as far as Huey? What songs you remember? Well, it was the sports album, oh, yeah. um, and it's got it's got just like the whole thing. I like mm-hmm. pretty much all of them. Oh yeah, it's kind of funny though, like where it came from. Have you ever seen the movie American Psycho? Yeah. Okay, so there's that whole scene where Christian Bale like goes on talking about like, uh, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? And he, he goes on this whole spiel. It's right before he kills Jared Leto. Yeah, actually. And um, my buddy Coleman, been my best friend for a long time. Mm-hmm. He flew back one time and surprised me. He lives out in Seattle. And uh, he has memorized that entire thing. <laughs> and he just like shows up at my house and like gets out of his car and he walks up and he's got the sports CD. And he gives me this whole, you know, this stupid spiel. Of course we laugh. But then we go listen to it. And we're like, holy man, this CD is awesome. Like the whole thing is, it's solid. I I really do like you listening to it. Oh man, he, I mean, just, I mean, he was on fire during the 80s during that time frame like i mean those first three albums that he did just uh just ridiculous because that was you know uh power of love 
uh, you know, and and just and it, it, you had foray after sports, which had all the the good songs on there. Uh, but you know, you got uh, new drug on there. You've got uh, uh, if this is it, uh, uh, the heart of rock and roll, heart and soul. Just oh man, Huey Lewis jams. So he does. There was another song that I didn't even realize was him. It was, I think it was the album before sports, maybe. I can't even think of what the song is now, but like after I started listening to him, I was like, oh, I didn't even realize this this is him. You forget. That was, I mean, you know, that was, we we were actually literally last week's show because it was Huey Lewis's birthday last week. Uh, So we have a segment where we do the birthday suit, who's wearing birthday suit. And uh, we were talking about Huey Lewis, and and my uh, my co-host just he completely forgot about uh, uh, Do You Believe in Love, and I was like, Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. That's the I didn't know that before. jam, man. It is a jam, but uh, yeah, you you go on, and that's the thing. I was actually talking to an, another uh, guest one week, just like yeah, is in some points the '80s. Some people will be like, ah, it's cheesy. It had all this, this, you know, polished production. It had these other, but like at the same time, a lot of those songs you listen to them, you're like, that's just such good songwriting. Like it's just such a good song. So like, you know, and, and Huey falls in that, that, that bucket, man. Plus weird side note, really smart guy. He got an 800 on his math section of his SAT. Perfect, uh, on the math section and, uh, yeah, ended up, I forget what, he went to uh, some Ivy League school. He went for like three years before he dropped out. Cornell, went to Cornell University. That was smart. Yeah, yeah. He was a pretty good actor, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was in, he was in a bunch of, uh, uh, bunch of uh, movies there. Uh, that was mainly in the 90s. I think that's why, like, he sort of, you know, fell off a little bit there in the music after. Because he had two albums that didn't do so well, which, you know, I mean, after you're used to like having two of the literally the best-selling albums of of the decade, you're probably like, eh, maybe I'll try, maybe I'll try acting instead. That'll be easier. Um, but before before I move on to your current music, I did see one other thing I wanted to talk about, sort of in the past. I just uh, it caught my eye. I saw you. It was, it was I think it was on Facebook that you mentioned this. Um, and I'm guessing it still holds true today. I saw that you said your your favorite restaurant was the Junction in in Perry, Missouri. Yeah, nice. Yeah, actually, it's nice. So still still favorite uh favorite uh, uh restaurant now. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I I was actually thinking about that though. My aunt owns a restaurant called Fiddlesticks that I also love just as much. Nice. But yeah, so Perry is just super small town that I'm from, and it's. For, for such a small, like, podog town, the Junction is a very nice restaurant, so, yeah. I, I, yeah t- I love it. I took a look at the menu, I, and when I do yeah. that, I try to I try to put myself there. Uh, now, mm-hmm. are you, when you go, are you a same meal type of guy, or do you celebrate the whole menu? Uh, I don't change, like, I'll, I have four or five different things okay. I kind of switch between. The, like, the tenderloin there really kicks you know, one of those places where it's a huge one. It's really good. I mean, they've got the buffalo chicken wrap. I like it a lot. They've honestly, almost everything, everything I've ever had there is good. It's it's surprisingly good for being in such a small town. I, sw- I swear to you right now, I'm looking at it. I put down in my notes, Junction Tenderloin. That was, I, I, I saw that and I said, if they put their name on it, 
they mean business. Yeah. And it was like, and they it, do. it was one of the first things too on the list. And I was like, okay, they got top booking here. They've got it in the name. This has got to be, this has got to be good. So, all right. Uh, you've, you've convinced <laughs> me. Give me 15 hours. I'll meet you at the junction. It's just going to take a little bit for me to drive up. <laughs> Let's do it, man. <laughs> well, back to, back to music. Let's, let's talk your music. Um, Dark Below came about thanks to the wonderful world of Craigslist, which I, 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 it never ceases to amaze me. I forget that that thing existed, you know, and it still does. It still does. Actually, like a couple months ago, that we did that as a segment on the show. We we went on Craigslist and we just looked up things that were, you know, <laughs> just different things that were available. It was interesting. It was interesting. When you did that, at that time, were you, I mean, when you're asking for, for band members because you've decided you want to start a band, were you like, all right, I might meet some weird people here. Might be some weirdos. Yeah. Well, I mean, I met our original drummer, and he's a weirdo. So, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> no. Um, the whole, like, situation of meeting him and everything, like, I... You know, we talked for a while. I sent him a couple of recordings of just some stuff that I'd written. And he was just like, yeah, dude, like, come over to my dad's house and we'll jam. And he gives me an address and I go there. And, you know, it's in like a nice subdivision. It's a nice looking place or anything and everything. So I'm not like worried. But he's just like, yeah, man, come around the back and go in the basement. And I go around the back and there's just a door open going into the back of this house. And I mean, I was just like, I mean, this could be really bad. This could end really badly. But at that point, I was like, well, I've gone too far. So I just <laughs> went in and I opened the door. And, uh, yeah, it was just this guy who was a Packers fanatic that had, like, Packers crap all the wall. And, uh, yeah, that's how we got started. You were like, hey, but, yeah. is there something, like, maybe, like, you can be outside of the door so I can see you? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Seems like some kind of attack moment or something. Um, yeah, it could. Sneak attack and just jump on you. Uh Josh Grove, your current bassist, uh, he was he was your former drummer's uh, friend, and he's just like hanging out. And yeah, I hear he was like, I can sort of play guitar. And you did what every self-respecting guitar player did. You were like, you know what? If you can sort of play guitar, why don't you play this bass instead? And uh, you give him you give him the bass. Now I'll I'll say. Uh, to Josh's credit, it seems like he's really since then taken the craft seriously as far as the bass. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, when he started, I I think the little bit of guitar he learned was from that Rocksmith video game. Uh, I've never actually played it. I somehow you plug your guitar in and play in a game. I don't really know. So he learned a little bit from that. But yeah, I mean, he was pretty much starting from from scratch. But he picked it up really quickly. And yeah, man, I mean, he's really really improved over the years i think i think that happens a lot when you've got the motivation you automatically you know it's like it's like you've automatically got promoted to the first chair of an instrument and you're like oh god i gotta i gotta study now like you get that you get that drive so you see that you see that improvement a lot yeah it's 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 impressive what he's done and i mean his vocals add uh you know so much to the songs as far as uh as far as the backing vocals so Obviously, amazing uh, addition. Now, I heard you were looking for a new drummer a couple years later. 
and you went through mm-hmm. Facebook this time, so you you, you upgraded from uh, Craigslist there, uh, and that's that's the current lineup now. Quinn is on the drums. Um, yeah. Now you guys released an EP pretty fast, uh, not too long after Quinn comes along. You guys release an EP. If you were to go back and listen to that EP, obviously it's rough. It's it's not on. Um, you know, it, it, it's not available anymore, and there's a reason for that, right? But w- what would you say Dark Below did great from the start? Because there's always stuff, like I go back and I listen to years ago my my uh, shows, and for the most part, I'm like, oh, God, I sound stupid. Oh, that's dumb. Oh, why'd I do that? But at the same time, there's a couple things I'll be like, nice. That was all right right there. Like, what What are some of those things that you hear in your in your guys' stuff when you first started that you're like, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot, about, like, we we think back to those earlier years. Mm-hmm. And we were like, you know, we were good then, but we were not. We, we kind of sucked. But uh, even though our, our playing and everything, you know, took a little time to come along as we played together more and just got better as musicians, I think from the start that our strength was songs that we we were pretty good at writing songs mm-hmm. even if we weren't that great of a band mm-hmm. that we still we still have some pretty good ideas for songs so I think people could maybe see like well they got some pretty good songs just maybe someday they'll actually learn how to play well tighten and eventually we got tighten it <laughs> up yeah I, I mean it, it does it does amaze me and I've, I've talked to a bunch of people about this but like the difference between having that creativity, thinking of those songs, thinking of that good idea, and then obviously the talent of musicianship. And you get some of these artists. I mean, you know, no offense. I, I, I don't, obviously, I'm I'm not a great musician, but, and I don't want to make you two hate me, not that they're listening. But, you know, you listen to you two, they're not doing anything amazing on their instruments. I mean, especially like guitar, you listen to most of those songs and it's like one or two chords, you know, and it's just, it, but, but the song is amazing. Like as far as just the, the idea of the song and you're like, well, yeah. And like, I mean, they were so bad. They readily admitted like Bono admitted he, they had to make their own songs because they couldn't play other people's songs because that's how bad they were. They couldn't play covers. They were like, eh. Don't know how that goes. All right, well, let's try our own stuff. So, like, I mean, it definitely, I mean, there's a huge component of that. And when you talk about that songwriting, for the last, like, essentially, like, seven years, you've worked with Jason uh, Schrick and and Malcolm Springer as far as uh, producing and sort of song production. Um, You got to know Jason first, and he seems, at least to me, a sort of like a, like, the hard rock guy in Columbia, Missouri. Like, seems like anybody doing something rock in Columbia knows him. Tell me a little bit how you you met him. Um, he actually booked us for our first show. Um, he was the manager of a venue in Columbia back, this would have been like 2013. Mm-hmm. And we, we had done a couple open mic nights and he actually offered us our first real show. And when we first met him, uh, we didn't like him at all. Thought he was a d- and then we, but we played a couple shows for him and got to know him a little bit better, and realized that uh, he was actually a really good dude. He just uh, he just needed to warm up to us a little bit. But 
from the beginning, that was kind of like we ended up being the first band that kind of started working with him when he started his company, JPS Productions. And, you know, I mean, he pretty much told us, like, you know, I, I, I believe in you guys because you guys have got some good songs and I think I can help you. We can help each other. And, uh, yeah, so we've been with him since then. Nice. And, I mean, he he's like, you know, I mean, he's the manager slash producer. Or he's our manager slash producer. Like, he handles a lot of things for us. He's, you know, in a way, sort of like our band dad. He's a little older than us, and I think he, he thinks us kind of like his kids. But, uh, no, he is, I mean just as important as anybody in the band now when he came off as a to start with was that was he just like abrupt was it one of those things was it like rough around the edges when he would when he'd say stuff do stuff and you were like this guy's problem well oh yeah as as i recall though i think he was a little irritated with us over something that our our drummer had done Mm. like maybe thing up i i don't really remember like it's not that he was totally unjustified in being, a but uh, yeah, we we got past it pretty quickly. And Makes sense. Good- Plus, <laughs> it's ten years ago. You guys, you guys were a lot younger. You know, you were wild, wild guys. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of wild guys, Malcolm seems like a a, a wild character. Uh. Uh, he, he is a character for sure. A very unique individual, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, working with him, like working with the two of them, it is like we have a lot of fun when we go down there. Mm. There's always, you know, wild stuff going on. But they, what I always tell people is above anything, those two guys, they're two of the best songwriters that I've ever met. Nice. They just, they both just have a great ear for like, basically, you know, we come up with something and, you know, they fine tune it. Like we might write like a riff or, you know, whatever we get started with in a song or, you know, sometimes we come to them with, you know, maybe a whole song mm-hmm. and we'll listen to it. And, you know, almost inevitably they'll want to change something and we'll push back against it. And then when we just let them do their thing though, it almost like here every time it's like, okay, it was a good idea. Like they, they really do. They're, they're just great at, it taking what you've got and making it even better. Yeah, nice. Nice. Now, well, now, when you first started working with them, like you said, I mean, when you first started working uh, with Jason, you, you really hadn't done anything. And so you start working with Jason and Malcolm. Malcolm's worked with some big bands. I mean, you know, the list of folks that he has worked with, pretty uh, impressive. Was it, was it a little intimidating, like bringing your stuff in there and going, hey, here's, here's the songs we've got? Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely. And to be completely honest with you, when we first worked with with Malcolm, you know, we weren't good enough to be working with him. He just, you know, Jason had worked with him and they were friends and he was like, you know, I got this band. I think we got some good songs. Will you give him a chance? And really, if, if they hadn't been buddies, he probably wouldn't have done it. But, you know, we came up with some, you know, we were proud of what we came up with, but just like working with them the initial time versus the stuff that we've just the most recent stuff we worked on with them just we're so much better as a band now and as songwriters and i mean they've gotten better since then so just where we were then versus now it was just like a totally just completely different so nice uh but there there was definitely nervousness there going in the first time it was it was yeah it was pretty rough (laughs) 
Well, now I uh, I've heard. Um, I, I'm guessing maybe this is a strategic uh, wait. Ha- have you have you guys finished a full album? Uh, no. So all the songs are recorded. Um, mm-hmm. There's still some that need to be mastered. Mm-hmm. But um, the plan for us right now is just to keep releasing singles. Single game. Just yeah. We've, you know, we've originally we went into it thinking we were going to make like a four or five song EP and then we got down there and started recording and it's like, man, we're coming up with a lot of good stuff. We ought to just do a full length. And then once we kind of got everything recorded and talked to, you know, talked to some of the people that we're involved with, it's like, well, the best strategy for you right now might be to just release singles Mm -hmm. because once you release the full record, then everything's just out there. But with this method, you hold stuff back and. For us right now, it just makes the most sense to do that. Dev definitely makes the most sense. I mean, I, uh, you know, I get it. It's got to be frustrating as an artist now, um, because I, I, I'm guessing you want to release an album at some time, at some point, full, uh, least re- full length album. Um, as far as the the singles, is it? I mean, is it tough? Like, I'm guessing you have multiple folks. Uh, input as far as what single's going to come out next and whatnot. Is it tough on your mm-hmm. part as far as you knowing what songs they are and you're like, oh, but this one's better. Oh, it's in the back. You got in the back of the lineup. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, really, it, it is up to us what we do, but we, we definitely take the input from, you know, the people who are, who are giving us advice. Um, and basically, like, we've kind of held off what we feel like are the two best songs we have. Nice. So we haven't released those yet. Those but, are the cleanup hitters. Uh, yeah. Nice. So, so we still got at least a couple more coming that we're, that we're holding back. And, but you know, there was discussion about, well, maybe we should just go ahead and release one of those. But yeah, like make believe was not one. I didn't expect that to be a song when, or a single when we, you know, when we were doing that one, we didn't really discuss that as being a single. It's just a song we really liked. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I feel like you always hear people say like, "Oh man, we never thought that that one would yeah would be a single or do anything." And then you know, one, one, it happens. One of my favorites of that, uh, and I mean, it always too. It always seems like filler. One of my favorites of that, Def Leppard. Um, I actually, we had, we were lucky enough to have Phil Collin from Def Leppard on the show a while back, and um, I didn't get to ask him this, and I regret it ever since. I wanted to talk to him about this, but, you know, on their album, um, uh, Hysteria, they had uh, uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me, right? That was, that was the big deal. That was a complete throwaway song. That literally... That was, they just basically needed one more song for the album. They made it in like one day, and they were like, all right, throw that on there. And they didn't think anything of it. And like, they were actually going, their their album was going to just like tank because it cost so much money to make. It took so long, and they were so worried about it. And then some strippers in America started using it as their stripping song, and it exploded. And all of a sudden, the album was like a 15 uh, million album selling just behemoth. So, yeah, oh. you, you never you never know. It's uh, you, you never know what songs you're gonna do. And uh, make believe so far has been uh, been doing well. I mean, you've already got several thousand plays 
on make believe. It's only been out for uh, you know two weeks. Um, it's you know you're it's 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 right up there as number one as far as the most popular song you guys got. Um, tell me a, a little bit about the the song. Like you said, I mean, I know you didn't think it was going to be necessarily a single, but tell me about the the creation there. Um, so that was a song. I just had the idea to write a song about imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned this before that I, I'm an only child, so I spent a lot of time alone as a kid, and I think just spending all that time alone, you just kind of develop an, a, a vivid imagination. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, you're just a lot of times. And um, I just had this idea about it because, you know, in my life I've learned that, uh, you know, your imagination is definitely a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. And use it to create almost anything but at the same time it you know if you're not careful your imagination can get away with you and get you in trouble too so that was just uh that was the idea for make-believe it's uh it's a it's a fantastic song um just just a really good sound to it um as far as just i mean for a three-piece band you guys have got so much sound to it it's impressive i mean as far as as far as the uh just the over overall fullness of three guys making music there oh well thanks man i i mean i I gotta give credit to malcolm and jason because you know they're responsible for for a lot of that stuff too they come up with some like some really cool tracks and stuff yeah they kind of the background and really make give it that full sound nice nice well um now, I'm going to ask you this. I don't know if you can answer it, uh, but I, I guess since I'm not asking for a date, maybe it's more answerable. Out of those songs that you guys have recorded, which one are you most excited about? Can you tell us the name of the one you're most excited about? Um, for me, it's a song called Self-Inflicted, and it, it sounds quite a bit different than the three that we released so far. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost... it's it's the kind of song that would have like, I think more of a broad appeal mm-hmm. that maybe people who don't even really like rock music might hear this song and like it. Cause it's just got, it's kind of an upbeat. I don't want to say pop because I mean, it's still got like heavy guitars and stuff in it, but compared to the other stuff, it's definitely got more of a pop type sound, I guess I would say. And nice. the, the feedback we've gotten on that one's been really good, and for me, that's my favorite song. Nice. Now, was that uh, was that one of the ones, as you said, sort of playing cleanup that you were waiting for there? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, self-inflicted. I've got it written down. Well, I'm going to listen to all the songs when they come out, um, but... I'm excited about that one in particular. Uh, Josh, we are up against a break, man. I want to thank you for coming on the show and talking with us today. Well, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Had a great time. For sure. For sure. Listeners, you can keep up with Dark Below on social media at Dark Below Official. Right now, let's take a listen to the great new song, Make Believe, right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM. You just heard Josh Campbell, and you just heard his fantastic band, Dark Below Mike. Fantastic. Josh, very nice guy. Very nice guy. Yes. Uh, you and me. Very nice guy. 16 hours up to the junction. Hmm. Are we... We had well. Let's see. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't uh, get the directions. I would say yeah, it'd be close. It'd probably be close yeah. as far as how yeah. far Las Vegas. I'd say you're probably actually a little bit farther. I bet mm-hmm. yours would maybe be like bit. maybe like 22. 19, 20. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But we, let's meet in the middle, Mike. All right, let's do it. They got some good looking fries, mm. loaded fries, some kind of loaded fry situation. That's right. Well, you know, I liked it. They had Check a lot. They menu. had a lot of fried things, Mike. And any mm-hmm. fried thing, oh, yeah. I'm not going to turn down. And I no way. No way. Not no going to turn down at all. But uh, was your um, was your uh, dad a uh, uh, all the through album listener? Did he go all the through a CD? Is that the type? Did you ever see that habit from hmm. your dad? I don't think I ever listened to any uh, albums no tunes. with my dad. It was yeah. usually just the radio. All right. You know. Uh, I'm guessing it was was he a, was he a, a channel changer? No, he's st- he's stuck yeah. to the 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 one rock station. Yep, and that was his that yep. was his move. You put it on, <laughs> you don't let it go. Yeah, that's that's a dad move. Yeah, that is a very dad move. Do you have anything you wanted to point out about the uh, about the interview, Mike? I just think it's so interesting how I guess newer artists, or maybe not all artists, but it just seems like at least for them, they're just like releasing singles. single tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just releasing the singles, not going for the album. Yeah, just, no, yeah, no, it's it's. Yeah. It's attention deficit of your listener base. Like you yeah. can't you can't release an album as a artist anymore. Well, I mean you can, but the the, the downside of that is like basically like you said, you release it all at one point, a couple of the songs get focused, and then the other ones just completely get ignored. Yeah. And so you just run the risk of people just not caring. Now, like I mean, that happened a bit back in the day but see the thing is it's just like i was saying with my dad you had people that listened to the whole album regardless if they knew the songs or not they just go through the album because it's an album experience yeah but now you know it's just let's find the songs i like okay that's it yeah can you think of a an artist who released a song and then re-released like a newer version of it oh yeah bunch of them like who well, do you uh, have an example? Buck Cherry next week. They had the famous song "Crazy," and they came out with a with a new version of it that sort of has a hip hop flair uh, of it about fifteen oh, years okay. afterwards. Yeah. Oh wow, fifteen years. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching Amy Schumer's new special on Netflix, mm-hmm. and she opened up her special with a joke she did four albums ago, mm-hmm. and I thought that was super interesting. You know, I don't know. Now I, was I, it revamped? It's cool. Not really. No, same punchline, same thing. Hmm. Uh, it was just, uh, yeah. Now that's surprising. Really, now I've yeah. seen, I've seen a lot of comedians where they, you know, you get a little different delivery. You get some different, you know. I mean, you know, it was kind of different. You know, yeah, but, it was kind of different, but it was the same joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, no, no. You you definitely get that, and I mean, a lot of artists like to come back and sort of revisit that song in a different way. You know, they'll come yeah. back, they'll do it acoustic, they'll come back, they'll change, you know, maybe they'll bring in a guest artist that will perform it with them, those kind of things. Uh, I think it is more rare, actually, in 
in stand-up, like, as far as... Yeah. Because people have already heard the joke, you know, so it's hard to show it again in a different light and be like, here it is. Now, yeah. I will say sometimes I've seen comedians, when they grew a ton of popularity, and so they'll pull out a joke of when they were more obscure, and now it'll definitely work better just because people know them more. So it's like, oh, mm -hmm. hey, here's something that you... you Johnny come lately's don't know about. I've been telling this joke for 12 years, you know? So, uh. but yeah, man. Anyways, guys, if you get a chance, listen to the new songs coming out there by Dark Below. They are fantastic. Great band. Power trio. Mike, we need to move on, though. We need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Mike C. Top 3. Woo! I don't know how long it's going to be the fastest growing segment because eventually at some time it has to be, you know, plateau at some point, right? It can't yeah. just continue to grow. We'll say it will. Yeah. It's going to continue to grow. Yeah. Now, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and say I readily did not uh, do my due diligence on this one enough. I didn't study enough for it. Like Me neither. I, Me neither. I feel like this one to actually be really good i would need like i don't know five weeks right just because <laughs> just because there's so much stuff out there man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i For just sure. i just For don't sure. know what to what to choose anyways yeah. um so should we do honorable mentions at yeah, last. I don't think we're gonna over. I don't think we're gonna step on each other on the. Uh, okay, on so the we'll do weapons. honorable mentions first. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll yeah, give. I'll give. You, I'll give you one honorable mention. I have one honorable mention. I have is Rambo's knife. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Rambo's knife <laughs> and knife and and <laughs> and explosive arrows too. You can also put. You know when ah, he. I forgot about those. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they are not... The, and again, it's sort of like we talked about with the plants. I had a hard time uh, approaching this. That This one, with with the Rambo, it was just... I think that's cool. That's a fact. Like, that's, yeah. that's all, like, you yeah. know. It's just, it's just him causing mayhem. But then, you know, it was like, do I want to go with most deadly? Do I want to go with mm -hmm. most awe-inspiring? Mm -hmm. Do I want to go with scariest? Yeah. I don't know. But that one was yeah. just one that uh, I thought was cool. Um, another one that I thought was cool that's on the honorable mention, uh, Dirty Harry's Revolver. <laughs> dirty Harry's Revolver. So, you not, know. Uh, sorry, Doctor. Obviously, you know, I'm not like that uh, knowledgeable of all cinema. So who was Dirty Harry Clint again? Eastwood. No, Clint Eastwood, yes. Okay. No Make much. my day, yeah. punk. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, okay. um, uh, what's his name? Um, Jim Carrey used to, that was like one of his go-to impressions mm -hmm. back in the day was Dirty Harry, and he just had this giant revolver, and it was just frightening. Anyways, what are some of your uh, your uh, honorable mentions, Mike? Uh, okay, so I obviously, well, what I did was, for the movie weapons, I went with just whatever came to mind mm -hmm. uh, instantly, and that's what I wrote down. So my honorable mentions in that realm were uh, okay. So world, uh, war of the worlds, 
the alien craft, whatever that weapon was that they were shooting people with, where mm-hmm. they would just disintegrate everything but their clothes. Yeah. Uh, that was an interesting one. Uh, the Independence Day uh, alien craft gun <laughs> was pretty efficient. Uh, that's, and a, then, that, that's on my top three, Mike. That's, that's <laughs> there. Oh, you're good. <laughs> uh, and then Mr. Freeze Ice Blaster from uh, Batman Forever. That's pretty dope. <laughs> That's pretty dope. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta give it up for that one. That one's pretty good. Yeah. yeah uh yeah. okay, so my uh number three, uh you you just gave away, but we'll we'll okay. do it again. Um that would be the uh the Independence Day weapon. That one I went with uh most devastating, right? <laughs> yeah. Um you really felt bad for those people. You know, they're having a party. Let's celebrate with the aliens. Oh, no. I no, would not. No, no, no. I, I mean, and and maybe it's just that, that that movie has fueled my distrust of aliens, Mike. But there, <laughs> yeah. is, there is no way if an alien showed up like that that I would be partying under that. I would get as far away <laughs> from there as yeah, possible. Sure. Like, And as soon as I was watching that movie in theaters and that, that beam came down, I was like, Oh, watch out, guys! Oh, that is not good, guys. That, and then the the actual force came behind it, and you just have a wave of destruction. Yikes! Yikes! Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do I do like how the 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 mom and the dog jump into a closet and they're fine, right? And they just oh no, here it comes exploding! Oh, you know what? There's a closet over here. Oh, we'll be safe in this closet. <laughs> I need to rewatch that movie. Uh, very, good one. very plausible explanation of survival. Anyways, Mike, your number three. My number three uh, is the railgun from Eraser Ooh. with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 sort of that along the same the same lines as the uh, as the uh, Rambo uh, knife, and it's just that's just a cool one. That's just yeah. an awesome one. <laughs> you shoot somebody and then they fly back like 30 feet. Like kind of very, kind of very powerful. <laughs> very powerful. Um, Mike, my, my number two, and this was hard. Um, now, this one, again, this one is sort of the, the p- potential of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But number two for me was uh, The Ring. The, the ring. ring from The Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. Right? All right. I mean, it cont- it contains the power of Sauron. You've got all the power yeah. in the world. You put your your ring on, and you wow, can actually go invincible to the world. You know, yeah. not to get too nerdy on folks, listeners, but I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. By the way, everybody, Doc G is looking around his room. Not to I'm get too nerdy. <laughs> all 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 of our producers here in the studio. Um, uh, all right, uh, Mike, yeah. what's your number two? Number two is the Death Star, <laughs> the Death Star gun. I, I mean, mean, when you talk about devastating, <laughs> like well, I mean, the, blowing up a planet. The Death Star, you sort of think about it. I mean, it's the precursor to the Independence Day weapon. It yeah. just the Independence Day mm-hmm. weapon was like on a lower level because it just destroyed yeah. cities. It didn't destroy they a whole a planet. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, no, no. I mean, it's and it's very similar. It's just a yeah, giant laser that comes out and just <laughs> shoots and destroys everything. Uh, yeah. Now that's yeah, a powerful definitely, one. Definitely. I would be very frightened by the old uh and I I thought about that one and that actually sort of goes to my number 1. Mike. Yeah, what's your number 1, Doc G? It's it's the lightsaber. 
Um, yeah, oh, that's I, a good one. Didn't even think about it. Oh, and, that is an awesome weapon. And I had to go with it just because, I mean, I'm not even a Star Wars dude. Like, I mean, I've seen all the original ones, right? For sure. Uh, yeah. I've seen I've seen all six, the first six. I haven't seen any mm-hmm. of the new ones, and I know there's a Star Wars person out there right now being like, you got to see all the Disney ones. Turn there's, off. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of them, guys. Yeah. I don't want to get all into that. But regardless, like even though I'm not a Star Wars person, like it's just so cool. Yeah, it's a cool Just one. to be like, oh, you, you want to play? Say what? Just like, and it's like, I mean, just... And it's just like cutting limbs off and whatnot. It's just super yeah. like, oh, it's that's, that's, I mean, obviously somebody comes up to you, they got the Death Star or they got the, 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 the weapon from Independence Day. You're not going to stand much of a chance with a, with a, a, a lightsaber, but it's still cool. I don't care. Yeah, it is. It's super fun. Anyways, Mike, your number one. Uh, my number one was the shotgun from Terminator 2. Uh, Arnold's shotgun. One <laughs> one-handed <laughs> shotgun at the end. Yeah, awesome. Oh man, so awesome when she's yeah. sending T1000 to That's right. She's just doing that one-handed shotgun just blowing uh, his face off as she goes through getting him shot into the the melted vat of of metal down there. Woo. Yeah. Intense, yeah. Mike. Great great Inten- gun. Great gun. Well, I mean, and technically again, it's how you look at this, Mike. You could sort of put the T one thousand as a weapon, right? That's yeah, what he. That's could. what he was used he as. Could. Both Terminators, uh, the T one thousand and the the T two thousand, right? I mean, they yeah. were both weapons in a sense. Anyway, yeah, they were. Didn't even that, think about it. That's but yeah. an, another nerdy level, listeners. We can go all kinds. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go technologically nerdy? Do you want to go fantasy nerdy? We can go either. It's fine. Sweet. Anyways, Mike. Mike, what is our topic for next week? Ooh, um, let's say top three works of art. What? Oh, classy. Yeah. Cla- now, are we? We're, we're saying uh, it could be really. I mean, I, I'm gonna leave it broad. It could be literally a structure that was created as art, or a painting, or uh, any work of art. Mike, you're making it too challenging. You got to yeah. close I me. I feel like they're easy, though, because there's got to be like a, just a top three right away in your mind. Close it in, Mike. Close yeah. me. No, no, there's too many things because then I started thinking okay. about it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, that could be in there. <laughs> oh, that could be in there. How could I leave that out? Oh, uh, maybe I just uh, maybe I'm caring too much, Mike. Maybe I just shouldn't <laughs> give, give a You sh- care. So I, all right. All right. All right. All right. We're going top three works of art doesn't matter now does that i mean can can we include music Mm. yeah for sure works of art music yeah 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 yeah. poetry literature all of it painting of art dance yeah architecture i I was thinking like paintings and structures but yeah no music falls totally under that category so yeah top three works of art if you've got a song yeah for sure jesus It's going to be hard, Mike. It's going to be hard. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, Mike, we need to get rid of our two birthday suits here. We need to knock them off the uh, to-do list before we go for today. Uh, What do you want? Do you want the basketball player or the somewhat modern day, not modern day, but uh, within the last 500 years, philosopher? Let's go uh, basketball player. Okay, all right. 
Uh, born on July 12, 1998, our birthday suit wearer grew up in Toronto, Ontario. His mom was a professional sprinter, but our birthday suit wearer loved basketball. His dad coached him growing up, and his basketball skills were immediately noticeable. As a senior in high school, he averaged 18.4 points, 4.4 rebounds, and 4 assists. He ended up going to Kentucky for college. At Kentucky, he was all freshman. He was second-team SEC, and he helped lead Kentucky to a Sweet 16. After his freshman year, he declared for the NBA. He was drafted by the Los Angeles Clippers, number 11. He played really well for the Clippers, but he was traded next year to the Oklahoma City Thunder, where he's been for the last four seasons. He's continued to progress every year. His first year with OKC averaged 19 points. His next year was 23.7, then 24.4, and last year he averaged 31.4 points a game. He was selected for the first time as an all-star. He most often goes by his initials. Name that birthday suit wearer. Mm, I don't know. I'll give you the initials. S-G-A. Man, I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm not. Shea Gildress Alexander. Shea Gilgus Alexander. Yes. Oh, man. SGA, man. He is an upcoming, promising, amazing player. He will be a multi-time all-star, Mike. A multi-time all-star. Yeah. He's going to, unless he has some big drop-off this next year, he's going to have a huge season, no doubt. You'll be nice. hearing more things. Go ahead, write him down. SGA, write right, write SGA. his name down. You're gonna be impressed. He's turning the uh, big quarter of a century, Mike. Quarter Ooh. of a century. Yeah, good times. He can go rent a car. Get it, Shay. What? Rent a car. Have 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 the time of your life in that rented car. I'm sure when you have millions of dollars, you can rent a car and nobody gives a anyway. So it's uh, probably already been doing that. Anyways, Mike. <laughs> I remember, I don't know if you remember this with 25, but uh, it was a very depressing birthday for me because I remember I was uh, had a birthday, little not a party. I had a get-together at a wing establishment. We were all eating wings, hanging out, and uh, somebody was like, ah, man, getting older, quarter of a century. That sucks, man. And then several people at the table were like, no, 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 it's pretty awesome. Your insurance goes down when you're 25. So you get a, a, a big deduction in your car insurance. And I was like... Oh, yeah, the car insurance, yeah. Now you have depressed me. We're talking about research. Or we're talking about insurance. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It's my birthday, man. Come on. It was oh, very man. depressing. That was... Mm, no, thank you. But uh, SGA, don't talk about uh, insurance. Have the time of your life. Party it up. You got millions of yeah, dollars. There you you're, go. you're an all-star. Go for it. Uh, Mike, your uh, last birthday suit. Here we go. Born on July 12th, 1817, in Concord, Massachusetts. His father was a pencil maker. Did not know that. That could be a job back in the day. Just whittle it away <laughs> pencils. Uh, after fairly normal childhood, he ended up going to Harvard College, which sounds a lot better than it does now, you know. Or, you know, it's increased in its ex exclusivity. Because when you talked about back then, you had like eight total colleges in the Northeast. So it's going to be one of them, you know. Still nice. 
It's just not as exclusive as it is now. Uh, according to legend, when he graduated with his master's degree, he refused to pay the $5 fee for the diploma, and he said, let every sheep keep its own skin. You know, because that's what they used to make diplomas back way back in the day, not at that actual time. They made them paper back that time. But before that, you know, Mike, a diploma is called a sheepskin because it used to be made out of sheepskin. I did not know that. There you go. Next time, if you want to sound like a learned individual and you go to somebody's graduation, Mike, you can be like, let me see that sheepskin, son. And they might be thinking you're talking about some kind of pervy comment. And you're like, it's uh, (laughs) it's the the diploma. The diploma. Um, Mike, he moved back to his hometown after college. He met Ralph Waldo Emerson. Emerson gave him some direction and urged him to write essays and poems. He also started keeping a journal at the suggestion of Emerson. Our birthday student where started exploring philosophy and transcendentalism. He started talking, uh, taking uh, writing more seriously. For two years, he decided to live beside a pond, Walden Pond, and wanted to see how minimally he could live. He lived very simple life for two years and wrote all about it in a book that ultimately came known as Walden about his life in uh, uh, on the pond. While in town for supplies one time, he was arrested for delinquent poll tax. He had not paid that poll tax for several years, and therefore he was arrested. This had a huge impact on him, and he wrote a book that resulted in one of his most famous books alongside Walden, a book called Civil Disobedience. Sadly, earlier in our life, our birthday suit wearer contracted tuberculosis, which caused it gave him fits of coughing and inflammation later in life and led to bronchitis. He passed away from one of those inflammatory uh, reactions when he was only 44. However, his works have become extremely influential and influenced some of the biggest writers and thinkers of the last 150 years. Martin Luther King... Martin Luther King noted in his autobiography that his first encounter with the idea of nonviolent resistance was reading Civil Disobedience, written by our birthday suit wearer in 1944. Uh, John F. Kennedy was inspired by our birthday suit wearer. Gandhi was inspired by our birthday suit wearer. Ernest Hemingway, Sinclair Lewis, Frank, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, all of these have been influenced by our writers. Side note... I read Walden and wrote a report on it in junior year of high school. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Uh, Dr. J, I really don't know, um, but I'll, I'm going to guess the last name. I don't know why this last name came to mind. We may have mentioned it on the show. Is it Emerson? No, well, he no. talked to Emerson. I just brought up Emerson in the bio. Ralph Waldo Emerson was his... Uh, Sort of, uh, you know, his his tutor, if you, said you will. That. Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You've so, probably no you've idea. <laughs> probably heard this name before, Henry David Thoreau. Okay. Henry David Thoreau. Yes, Mike. Mm-hmm. A leader mm-hmm. in free thought. A leader in transcendentalism. Just uh, an American hero of that time frame. Uh, yeah, and I read I read Walden back in the day, Mike, eleventh grade. Took that took that book down, and I'll be honest, a lot of it flew right over my head because <laughs> I I was a moron at the time, and I was like, "Woo, 
Man, he's talking about a lot of things going on around this pond that I don't care about. <laughs> he is looking at, like, ants on the ground and ducks. Good Lord, he is doing too much. This guy needs to calm down. Anyways, shout out to Henry David Thoreau, Mike. Uh, fantastic uh, uh, individual in American history. Mike. We need to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we have some fantastic guests coming up. We've got Buck Cherry coming on the show. I can't wait to talk to Josh Todd, their lead singer. It's going to be an awesome interview. We got the Criticals coming up. My goodness, the names that we have got up, I can't wait. But until then, we need to wrap it up. I've been your host, Doc G, with me as always. Two years in the co-hosting spot. None other than Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great two years. Love it. Let's make it another two. Let's make it Let's another go. two. Let's go. Until next week, guys. Zip it up and zip it out. Zip it up.